0: Kaiju FM. Come find your niche.
1: Hey folks and welcome to this episode of The Prestige, a podcast by film lovers for film lovers. Each episode we pick a film, we talk about that film, we review that film and we discuss some of the ideas and themes and tropes that film employs. And each week we end the show with our recommendations, further watching, further reading if you will, based on the movie of the week. But before all of that we always start talking about what else we've been enjoying for the last two weeks now. So Sam, you are impending disappearance a little bit what have you been filling your eyes and ears and mind with of recent days
0: well uh, the first thing which i'm not really going to mention is my son has recently decided that he absolutely has to watch zog twice a day <laughs> uh, so so yeah we've been watching it it helps that it's a really beautiful animation but I mean, it's a beautiful animation, but come on, twice a day for the past week is is not good. And so, what have actually been watching? There's a, a documentary series, TV series on Netflix called Cheer, about um, cheerleaders. Now, I have to say caveat that we've only watched the first half of the first episode of this, but um, it was it was surprisingly engaging for something that I. Never had any interest or knowledge in mm. before, so the, there was something very gripping about that. Um, and the other thing that's been holding my attention is nothing filmed in the slightest, and it's from well over 20 years now. 20 years ago now, it's the um Lee Child book Tripwire, which is the third in an incredibly successful Jack Reacher series that was made into um, a Tom Cruise film I knew we get a background films. films yeah. um, and uh, I mean it, I enjoyed it it's, it's really well written but it's also page journey um, my wife gave it to me the end of last week and I've just about finished it um, yeah. but one of the it has already been it has been mentioned several times how Tom Cruise was alluded to Chris casting given that um, given the sort of person Jack Reacher was but I kind of like the way he describes in this book as six foot five and seventeen and a half, eighteen stone and also in his late thirties and Tom Cruise was a foot and a hundred pounds and about twelve years away from that when he was cast in the first film. So that was quite enjoyable, thinking about that. So that's what I'm doing. So I have started watching Cheer on Netflix and I've been enjoying Tripwire and chuckling about Tom Cruise. How about you?
1: I am starting to go to cinema more and more. So my recommendations and my what I've been watching are actually more current for um, once. And so I think what nowadays out, now, maybe... Two days ago, I went to the cinema and I saw the third installment of the Bad Boys trilogy, Bad Boys for Life. This picks up with um, Mike and Marcus, the cops from Bad Boys, well into middle to late age um, now. And uh, it's probably another one of these kind of belated sequels that a lot of sort of franchises are having in the last sort of decade. This one I really enjoyed mostly because it sort of accepts that their age accepts that they're getting older and makes that part of the narrative rather than things like rambo or um other movies like that where they just go no no they're all still good they're all still brilliant that this they aren't they are old and that's part of what's going on i also really enjoy the franchise i talked about this on another podcast previously um and i just it was just brilliant it was just a really good, fun time. Um, Will Smith um, is just forever watchable. There's a reason why he's one of the biggest stars in the world, and the interplay between him and Martin Lawrence is—it's just it has a real kind of fraternal chemistry that you want from a, a buddy cop movie. It doesn't do anything overly, you know, revolutionary with the storyline. It's you know, it's gangsters and drug dealers and all of that, um, but it's just a good, fun yarn for us on the evening.
0: We are well on with our third genre of the fourth season at the moment and we're deep into the territory of high school films and our high school film that we've got to this week is the 2007 film St Trinian's.
2: Welcome to St Trinian's. It's more than a school. Daddy, where is everybody? I'm sure they're all hard work, darling. It's an institution. I've heard
0: that your school is a hotbed of anarchy. Ill-discipline. Betsy, tuck in your shirt. Whatever. Your academic results are a
2: disaster. What is the volume of a sphere?
0: Quite loud.
2: For girls who don't fit in. It's
0: like Hogwarts for psychos. You've had this coming since the day you arrived. What are you going to do to me?
2: This is the place...
0: Give you a makeover, silly.
2: ...where everyone is accepted. The first years. The geeks. The emos. The posh toddies. Okay, girls, here's a little tip I learned from Paris. Hilton.
0: France. So, how would you feel?
2: Like some trinium. But when the outside world... I'm going to make an example of them. We've got a problem. ...tries to take them down. We're going to close down Centrillion's. They'll have no choice. You owe the bank over £500,000.
0: Oh, my God.
2: But to rise up...
0: It's time we organised. The subject of today's lesson is crime. We need to think big.
2: You're up to something, and I will get to the bottom of it. Credit card fraud. Extortion.
1: All sounds frightfully exciting, doesn't it?
2: This way. They're taking higher education to a new level. <laughs> Colin Firth, Lena Headey, Russell Brand, Misha Barton, Rupert Everett, and Rupert Everett. What's it like being at St. Trinian's? It's like one big, happy,
0: it's slightly dysfunctional family.
2: St. Trinian's.
0: We take a rich man's wife. Excellent. Cut off the rear. Um,
2: you
0: should probably see a counsellor. Don't leave the way around. is a film franchise based on uh, based on a series of cartoon strips developed by Ronald Searle in the 1950s, and there were several films in mainly the 50s and 60s. And then there was a hiatus, and this film was made in 2007. As essentially a reboot, and um, it took some plot elements from that first film, The Bells of Centrinians, um in nineteen fifty 1950... I'm wanna go for four yes, nineteen fifty four. Yeah. Um and it stars um Gemma Arson and Lou Riley who seems to have I have not seen her in anything since, but I suppose it's it's stolen by Rupert Everett and Colin Firth, who are brilliant in this. And also, Russell Brand, I think. I think this is just about as good as Russell Brand gets, and he, well, I have things to say about his career beyond this. But, all in all, it, it's a fun romp through the... Um, particular story that was started with the Buzz Centrinians fifty years before and it's about a girls' school full of misbehaving individuals and their attempts to save the school from financial ruin and an art heist they perpetrate in order to do this. So Rob, what are your thoughts?
1: This film It's a mixed bag is the best I'm gonna to say to it really. Um, <laughs> In many ways, it's terrible. It's it's a really, like, not a very good film. It's not well made. There are large parts of the film that are wildly consistent and incoherent. The film has some questionable morals about a lot of things, um, and the way it presents what well, essentially are schoolgirls it sometimes seems overly male-gazy. Um, and I think a film that comes from a Almost entirely male production company producing this kind of thing has some questionable sort of merits when it comes to empowerment. That being said, it's fun. The as Sam said, some of the uh, the main characters in it, the main actors in it, are some of the biggest names in British acting, and they are very good at what they do, and they make it enjoyable. There is a a depth to the acting here. I mean. Depth of the character, shall we say, with uh, everybody giving something to do, um, all ages, the kids, all the teachers, and there's some. I mean, they are rough sketches, but some certainly some sketches to, to a lot of characters that could be very one dimensional. You know, the character of Zephrinus could be a very one dimensional typical character, but Jodie Whittaker makes it her own and sort of stands out in this sort of almost otherwise bit role. I think I would be pushed to say that I like it but I'd certainly said I like parts of it. If that makes sense. Sam, how would you fare that?
0: As I've said before, uh, many times in many places, Rob, you have no soul. Uh, I just, I love this film. I don't care if it's rubbish. It's, <laughs> it's just so much fun and so knowing and so there's so many like, metafilmic references to its own creation and to other films like the lines from Gladiator and The Italian Job and it doesn't take itself too seriously and it's just funny I mean, it's not meant, I can understand what you're saying about the male gaze but I feel like there are moments when it Consciously takes control of that and pushes back against it. Um, and I think there's something to be celebrated about that. I like elements of the story with the, um, is it Peaches, the character, the posh Tossy character? Um, yes. It, yes. her her narrative with the teacher. And empowering, and being cool is sexy. And also, she's the one who essentially pushes Colin Firth out of a window. And that that now that storyline is an um, overly, like you say, is male gazing. is a bit horrible. But it it ends with the girls having the last laugh, and I kind of like that. So, yeah, just just loosen up and enjoy yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it's, Sam, this is it's it's a, it's a, a tenant for the books. It's always, always me kind of defending the terrible films and you going, no, they rob the terrible. And it just feels it feels natural in some way. It feels feels wrong for me to be the one to say. Like. Um I suppose I would agree with everything you say. I think that the film is fun, it is enjoyable, and it does have a lot of these meta-references. I suppose just for me, it didn't come together as a whole. Mm. Um, it didn't come together as a a cohesive bit of film it is the thing that i think i love most about this film is that it's such a time capsule mm. the music it, it, its so of its time there's so many references to this time there's so many especially the soundtrack is exactly of this time there are songs in this that i haven't heard since i first saw this film you know what 13 years ago and no one else has um it was it was just like being back in that point in history. Um, And we've talked, obviously, in this series, a lot about sort of period pieces. We've done a couple of movies that are period pieces. And this is a strange one, because it is kind of a throwback to a previous movie, but in a modern updating of that. But, I, yeah, I, I just enjoyed like, hearing these songs. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. I, remember that. I would say that, I talked a lot about the acting in this movie, and I think there is some really good acting in this movie. I think that Colin Firth is having a lot of fun, which is great. Rupert Everett is having a lot of fun, and you can clearly he's enjoying all his roles there. Russell Brand, I'm not overly a fan of the best times, and I think he is one of the weaker bits of this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think this is... I mean, I'm generally not a fan either. He's terrible. But... I think this is a role he was born to play, it's a role that needs someone who is like that and who is prepared to I mean, prepared to be the butt of the film's joke at points. And I've, I feel that he really was and he's really good and I think his acting career should have essentially did stop there.
1: No, this is, this, is, this is going to be an episode for the books, guys, but, no, this is a film that I've got on record of, of strongly disliking in the past, but if you think about Spy, mm. the Melissa McCarthy movie that I did not like, but in that thing, Jason Statham makes a mockery of his career at this point and is very, very funny in that mm. role. That's who should have been in this role. There are so many other people who'd happily send up their career as a, as kind of like a gangster, a spiv. Like there are people who have that kind of career. They could have done a brilliant job of you know, lamping themselves here. He can't act, and I think it's awkward. And the obviously the interplay between him and Gemma Arterton, like he's shown up every time. And always once again, he's clearly an adult and she's not. That's a whole other thing. I just yeah, I, he made me you now. I will say, guys, I have been on a Hindu dressed as um, Flash Harry. There are photos that suck on the internet somewhere of me dressed in in the leopard print, in the leather jacket, and the hat at a Hindu. I was the only bloke on a Santonian Hindu, so I was made to be uh, Flash Harry. So I, I understand its place, you know, but I just, yeah, I just couldn't get past it being Russell Brand and him not being good at this. Yes. And I think we we can't. I mean. I think the film does some interesting things in terms of, I don't know, its morals. Because I haven't seen lots of the original Centrillion films, but I have seen some of them. Um, And the characters in that, the kids, the girls in that were far more anarchic than we have here.
0: Mm. Yes. Sorry, I haven't seen any films. I, it was, I was struck by reading the synopsis of some of the cartoons, how like brutal and violent and terrible and anarchic they were. Mm.
1: And this is it's, it's very much not. It's in that kind of, you know, classy, shiny rebellion in that none of them are really rebelling. They're only doing their bad things to kind of save the school. In many ways, it's a classic underdog story. Um, and they are all conforming to you know ultimately society's views of gender and of sexuality and it just felt like it skirted so close to being really quite anarchic and like it had it in the, the, the two younger girls um the tara and tanya the twins yeah, um, they had a real kind of i really enjoyed them, and i could have done with far more of them and less of the posh totty and the i suppose the low rent mean girl scene in which we met all the different groups in the attic. Um, yeah. Having done this series, looking at high school movies, so many parts of this, I've seen done better elsewhere. And the film came very close to being a nice sort of rebellious, anarchic movie about young girls and what we expect of them and what's put of them. And, it just kind of didn't land for me. That being said, I mean, there's a, a lot of films to talk about. I am a late 30s white male. There's every chance this movie is not for me. Yeah. As in, it's not aimed at me. You know, if I'm a teenage girl in 2017, this film might mean the world to me. Mm. It might be everything I want it to be. And I think that there's all my opinions here come with a pinch of salt that I fully accept that maybe I'm not the audience for this, and that's okay. Not every bit of artwork in the world is for me. Um, so, yeah, basically that's my, my, my caveat in there, is if if you don't agree with me, um, please understand this is uh, only one man's opinion.
0: I see what you're saying. I just...
1: The thing
0: that I don't want to lose sight of is the f- that there's there's just something about this film. There's something about this film which knows what it's doing. And mm-hmm. I, I can understand if, you, well, like you said, there are certain things of the film you think you've seen done elsewhere better, but I just think this film, for me, was a really nice amalgam of all those different things we've seen in other films, and I I know what you're saying this is the low rent Mean girl scene where they look around at the different groups, but I kind of, for me, and again your your opinion different this is just my opinion for me it just felt like it knew what it was doing and it kind of i mean it it was like it was a knowing nod to 10 things i had about you to mean girls looking around the cafeteria it was just i i just i just felt like the directors knew what they were doing
1: all of my 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 view of the film did place complacent like i enjoyed watching it it's a fun film um the the lead girls are very fun and very fun to watch and i do enjoy it it does make me laugh um taking I say the uh, my analytical head off and putting on my you know just cinema going head it's a good fun film with some brilliant cameos i did enjoy um stephen fry as the presenter and i did enjoy the very weird sort of 2017 cameo of misha barton Popping up as the previous head girl, otherwise only really known for her role in the OC, and it was just that was a very weird, like left field choice. But I enjoyed, enjoyed, you know, Toby Jones, who's like you know a very serious, you know, proper actor, who's been a lot of things, popping up as a small role of the Bursa. Yes, I enjoyed all these little. I mentioned the start, the kind of the depth of talent and depth of characters. I enjoy this film. Feels like a real ensemble piece. Yes. With lots of characters giving them a moment to shine. And we've often talked about in high school movies how it's about the group. And you look at things like, you know, our very first episode looking at Breakfast Club, looking at all the movies that we've kind of uh, covered on this. There's a sense of high school is about building this group. Um, and that's why I think, and this is one thing we haven't really talked about here, is this film really is a high school movie, and a heist movie mm. at the same time, and like I'd never put the two, and the two together, but I very much enjoy this kind of weird overlap of those two genres. Are all about getting the crew together. High school is about finding your friends, finding your place, building like a group of friends, and we saw it last week in things like. Um, mean girls it's about her finding her place and everyone kind of coming to find their their role and finding the, where they fit into this little scene and so is the heist movie and you really saw it with like the um i like about the oceans 11 sort of spoof when they're all walking across falger square it's all kind of cut out with like the black bars and all the sort of images within images to sort of reference that kind of oceans 11 style sort of heist movie mm. i really kind of those two tracks in my head that were entirely separate suddenly lined up oh yeah they are like it's about they're both about finding your place and finding the crew and doing something with that whether it's a heist in this case but also surviving high school
0: yeah and it was quite refreshing because the end of Mean Girls was essentially about disbanding cliques and not relying on and moving away from from this idea of unity and finding people and like you said this this film wasn't afraid to stay with the crew and the idea of everyone mm. being together, being in on this. There was something yeah, there's something heartwarming about this as a like you said, as as a high school film, as a heist film as well.
1: And I think there's an element of like despite the sort of the very heightened nature of this movie, there is an element of truth to that is that like within a school you might have a lot of factions and tactics and politics between the groups, but overwhelmingly those factions will come together against outsiders
0: mm, yes
1: i remember at our school is like sam and i were in the same same form class at school and there were certainly you know tensions people didn't get with each other and there were sort of groups and cliques in that class but when it came to another class well we were united we, we were still a class and when it came to another school all the classes were united yes. and there's this real sort of you know a, a tribal nature of of high school kind of applies here even as a whole school even within the school and at school as a whole is you all rallied together against something else and here it's about all these cliques who I think it on the emo's the posh totty the Rastafarians all of them coming together against outsiders yeah i did enjoy the uh sort of that, th- that th- little thin line between uh, 10 things say about you with the uh Rastafari the white rastas in that Mm. Um, who are routinely mocked all the way through to the trust of aliens in this and that re- sort of repeating sort of trope of the rich kids who kind of trying to embrace a culture that isn't their own.
0: Yes, I would, like, as you said, there is certain gaping holes in this film that really don't make sense. I mean, it is... <clears throat> this is something I haven't thought about My wife brought to my attention When we were watching last night That the idea of a central government body Being able to do anything about a private school Is ridiculous Like Colin Firth is behaving like he's closing down a state school This is evidently not a, sca- a state school It's not mm. following the national curriculum It's not funded by the government So yes, they I mean, there there are certain poetic licenses taken in this film, but I think, like you said, th- these are often taken in the service of a story about unity, about togetherness, and in the way that, like a heist film, is it's heightened and you. Don't, and you know not to take it too seriously, like something like Ocean's Eleven or later Now You See Me. It's but this huge glitzy performance. And you know real life is not like that. You know a mm. con can't be like that. You know you know school is not like this. But it feels like this is just a heightened version of a
1: truth. Yeah, I think mean, that's the thing with all of the movies we've covered this week, even in the series. Even when they are wildly out of reality, they're all centered on that core truth and that shared experience of school. Because I think that's, I mean, one thing we haven't really touched much on is that this idea that everyone goes through school, of all the, sort of the genres that you that we watch in movies, it's the one thing almost everybody experiences you know not everyone has a great love for rom-com not everyone goes to war not everyone gets involved in a heist but everyone goes through school hmm. and so there is a a universality to experience and if a film can truly nail some core truth about school it has a universal appeal because almost everyone's got that you know it's the it's the, the sort of the truth that lurks at the hard things like in between us it does nail a core truth about British School, is that we're all losers, and that's kind of, you know, how we see ourselves and our weird friends.
0: So, Rob, do you have any recommendations for us based on this week's film?
1: I do. I do I've got two. Um... We haven't talked loads about them, but the two main roles in this are Annabelle and Kelly, um, played by Tulula Riley and Gemma Arterton. Now, both of these people have gone and do other things, some with great success and some without great success, um, but I wanted to recommend two pieces of sort of media from both, from one, one, each of them. So Tulula Riley, who plays Annabelle. She hasn't done loads in her career afterwards, but she has popped up in, I think, one of the better tv series in the last few years and that's the tv series westworld she's a host she's one of the robots in that um and she pops up at various points through the timeline of the show either sort of in the park or out of the park um, and she has that kind of ethereal beauty to her that really works in terms of this kind of created robots so i think she's very good this is not a huge part but she's very good in it and i think overall it's a great series uh, the first series particularly is very very good second one not a good third one we'll see how that goes um, so that's my first one Westworld TV series my second one is Jim Arston now I'm a big fan of Jim Arston I think she's very good in a lot of things um, and I found it a bit hard to kind of pick one thing to mention of hers that um, to pick out single out as uh, where I've really enjoyed her so I am going to pick up one that in many ways, it seems like it should be bigger than it is, but it isn't very well-known. Um, and it's a 2014 comedy film called The Voices. Now, this movie stars Ryan Reynolds, Gemma Arden, and Anna Kendrick as the three main leads, but it never really did huge business when it came out, mostly because it's about Ryan Reynolds being a mentally unstable individual who uh, brutally kills his girlfriends played by Gemma Arterton and Anna Kendrick it is a very black comedy um, and the two girls in the movie appear basically as heads and ghosts in his house talking to him, thus the voices of the title it's very weird and it's very dark but I very much enjoyed it and I think Gemma Arterton and her talent and her charisma is a large part of that um, if you haven't seen The Voices, I do urge you to go find it and stick it out. It is weird, it is dark, but it is very, very funny, and it is very, very good.
0: It's also also directed by an incredible Iranian artist, graphic novelist, Marjani Satrapi, mm. um, and as well as The Voices, which you haven't seen, which sounds very good, I would urge you to go and check out Persepolis on the James because that is utterly brilliant.
1: Yes. Um
0: so that's one recommendation. Um by the by I have two recommendations. Um one is well they're both based on actors. One is based on um Rupert Everett, um who I think is amazing in this um and it's probably the First thing I, well, it's pretty much the only thing I ever, I've ever seen him in. Seen I know I've never seen him in other things, but it feels like this film dominated my uh, mid teenage years. It, it's my best friend's wedding. Um, and uh, Julie Roberts has been in many other things, but I never particularly enjoyed her in other things. I thought she was very good in this. This was this was her role um, and I thought Rupert Everett was particularly good as um, her friend in this so I would recommend that to my best friend's running. second one is Taluda Riley um, now I struggle with this um, probably because I haven't seen Westworld um, I was looking for other things that she'd done I could only come up with her film from a couple of years before St Trinian's And it was maligned probably because of its star, but it's the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Um, And I thought Keira Knightley was alright in it. Um, And I thought it was particularly well directed by Joe Wright and there were lots of other... It it suffers from being not nearly as good as the BBC version from ten years before, but if that mm. version hadn't existed, it would be a perfectly solid film. So Tulu Riley was one of Bennett's sisters in that. So that's my recommendation my second recommendation this week.
1: Well that's it for our discussion around St. Trinian's, Guys. Now, normally we here would be saying what we're doing next episode, but we kind of aren't. Sam is leaving us for a little bit. He's going off to have a life and be a dad. Um, so we are going to have a short series of bonus episodes over the coming weeks uh, in which I'm getting a bunch of guest hosts to talk about movies that they will talk about. Um, and as of yet, I don't know what they'll be. So we'll be back in two weeks time with another another episode. Um, it'll be me and a guest yet to be announced talking about a movie also yet to be announced. as soon as i know what it's going to be i will announce it on twitter so if you are watching along with us you can make sure you are up to date till then you can find both of us online at prestige podcast you
0: find me at life underscore academic
1: and you can find me at kaiju fm and we'll see i'll see you back here in two weeks time and sam we also see you uh,
0: that's at some point who knows
1: We will never see Sam again. (laughs) This is the last episode ever. Enjoy!